Welcome to the Nat and Sarah Show, where we aim to touch, move, and inspire you every single week. Really? We're really going to introduce our own show? Maybe we should leave it to the pro. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. One second, ladies. Here we go. Sarah Maxwell and Natalie Cook are experts in visualization and deliberate use of the law of attraction. As dynamic world athletes representing Canada and Australia in beach volleyball, they honed in on achievement at the highest level. Winning an Olympic gold medal on her home beach of Bondi is a pinnacle example. Their powerful techniques transmute the spiritual to the tangible, allowing thousands of their community members to bring their vision boards to life. Recently, they've taken their expertise on the road as the full-time family, where they inspire, coach, and lead people to create their unique, deliberate family life using a simplified three-step process. Welcome to the Nat and Sarah Show. Join us for twice-weekly episodes. Each week, Nat and Sarah will teach us how to deliberately create results in all areas of life using their unique three-step process. Not only that, they'll also sit down with some of their favorite high achievers who have manifested what most merely dream about. Are you a member of the community? Go to bit.ly slash the Nat and Sarah show to download your three-step journal to follow along with each workshop style teaching episode and get ready to take action on your inspirations. Okay, gang, the conversation today is a part two because sometimes we just need to know more. David Wood and I, <laughs> oh, we've been, we've been getting into it. And if you are hearing his name for the first time, you're totally intrigued by the topic, but you want to know a little bit more, you've got to go to part one. You've got to really find out how this man is a humanitarian, how he can, he's like the human connecting expert. And we've been going through stories, whether it's him as a chimney sweep or him raising guinea pigs. Um, we just touched the surface. So we're going to go at it again and really focus David on your teachings on conflict resolution. Um, All that, right. Yeah. Because look, we, we, he started touching on it because he just, it's part of his life. Right. And that really impacted me and my business and how I show up in the world and really having a process for dealing with stuff that comes up. And I thought, you know, clearly I'm not the only one who um, stuff comes up and I don't want to just sweep it under the carpet. Like, you might've been a chimney sweep, but we don't need to be a professional sweeper under the carpenter. Um, so look, I know you grew up in a conflict ridden household. So was that, did that like showcase to you why you didn't want to live a life of tension and conflict or was it something else that kind of got you to that place? Well, yeah, like, I, I don't know if it was, I was aware. I mean, you know, when you grow up in a world, anyone listening right now, the only world you're really aware of is the world you're in. So, you know, regardless of any one situation, you know, like you, it, you, you could think about a family in Africa right now on the savannas, but unless you're there, you really don't know what they're living. You know, we can, so each one of you have your own, you know, bank accounts, your own things going on in the bedroom, you have your own relationships, whatever, and you have your own, you know, your own history. So I think that, um, you know, I didn't know there was another world out there. I didn't know there was a world that existed that wasn't chaotic that wasn't involving, you know, I mean, when I was younger, it was just violence. And I mean, the, the teachers were violent at school. I mean, I mean, my mom used to give me a note that allowed the teachers to hit me, but they'd hit you anyway, back then in a British school, anyone who's grown up in England at that time, 
and it may have been the same in Australia or New Zealand. I don't, I, I, probably it could have been, but the teachers were horrendous. And I remember being, you know, just bullied and picked up by my ears and banged on my head. This is by teachers, not just by other kids. And then so, you know, so everywhere I went, there were gangs at school. I remember when, because when, we lived in a condemned building at one point, and I was labeled a slum kid, right? And, um, and so these gangs used to come and beat me up every single day, every single day they'd come. And in the end, I became really good at pretending to be hurt much more quickly. And then they just, they'd put the boots in and leave, right? So I just grew up in a world where violence was everywhere. My mom, if she was, and she was very, very crazy at that time. And we touched on it in part one. If you haven't listened to part one, I don't want to repeat it all. But, um, you know, she she had been abandoned. And, you know, and the other thing that went out was forgiveness is an interesting part. So 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 conflict is it, it forgiveness has to sort of come first. It's kind of weird. Mm -hmm. If you really want to master conflict resolution, then, you know, you have to let go of the energy. You don't have to. You can choose to let go of the energy of conflict before you resolve the conflict, because in the end, conflict's hurting you. Like So I, what I look at conflict. If I'm tense in my body, if I'm, if I'm in conflict, right, I'm the one in pain. And there's that great saying, it's like drinking poison and expecting somebody else to die. When you're holding on to dark energies, anger, hatred, all these things, it's just like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die, right? And so, you know, for, for me, that was the only world I knew. You know, everyone, it was just like, and then it, as I got older, it got crazier with alcohol and drugs and everyone I knew was smoking pot. Everyone I knew was cheating from the government. And I mean, even, you know, the, where I work, we, we would get paid a little less money. And then on Thursday, we'd go down and sign on to the dole, which uh, pogi or whatever you call it in Australia. I think it's dole here, isn't that government assistance, right? I think it's the dole. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, and so, you know, we were cheating the government. It was just every, every, so I didn't know anything else. There wasn't another world that existed for me. This is the only world. And as far as I knew, everyone lived like it. Everyone had the same shit going on. It wasn't like I, I was, you know, thinking, oh, yeah, poor me. It was just like, this is the only world I knew. And it, I, fortunately for me, as we talked about in part one, you know, I got to leave England by accident, really, and spend 10 and a half years traveling around the world. And in that time, I was exposed to lots of different worlds and lots of different people and thinking, oh, maybe crazy isn't normal. Maybe violence and stealing and lying and cheating isn't normal. Because then for me, it was just normal. It was just the thing we did, right? Mm -hmm. And everyone was doing it. I grew up on a, when we left this, this condemned building, I spent, my mom's still at this a small or a very large council estate in England, you know, where all the houses, houses look identical. Um, you know, and I bang my head as I walk in the door, you know, in, it's just like this, this tiny little house where we grew up and, you know, and chaos reigns. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so yeah, I, I don't think I was aware of, of, you know, the, the desire to, to resolve conflict, but I think having been in conflict for so long, once I started to realize there was a different way, and as I started to do more work on myself, as I started to, to really want to become the best version of myself, I started to make better choices. So, so choice was, do I like being in conflict? Do I like lying? Do I like, you know, and lying can be, you know, small stuff or exaggerations, or do I like, is integrity important to me? So I started to choose the world that I wanted to, or who I wanted to be in the world. And who, who was I when I was being most authentic? What was the authentic Dave like? Because I'd lost my way. So, I mean, I was wearing so many different masks in front of so many different people. I didn't even know who the real me was. And I think a lot of people don't. Because on this call right now, if you did inventory where you wear masks, a lot of people wear masks in front of their parents. They're still afraid to show who they really are in front of their parents. A lot of people wear masks at work. A lot of people wear masks, you know, in, 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 in social situations. And then you'll find out, you know, there's a person or there's a group of people where you feel most authentic, where you feel that you can drop all the masks and be a thousand percent yourself. But for most people, that's a very, very small group or sometimes one or two people. 
And for me, what I realize is by being authentic, as you know, because you've spent time in my world, is something I choose to be every minute of every day. And if I catch myself even glimmering towards, you know, being fake in any way, then I just sort of, hey, hey, well, is that the world you want? Is that because I know that once I start walking down that road, all I'm going to do is I'm going to hang around a lot of fake people because mm-hmm. I'm going to start attracting that. Whereas right now, a lot of people feel safe enough around me to take their mask off and be themselves because they can see there's no judgment. And because I share shit, I, I'm not afraid to share all of my, you know, dark <laughs> secrets as they were. Then people feel a little bit more like, oh, well, I, I could talk about mine now. And then they feel for the first time heard or seen or understood without feeling judged or feeling like they have to hide something, right? So does that make sense? Yeah, you, it does. And I can definitely attest to you. It's like you bring out all of yourself into the light, you know, like it's like you give airtime to it and it seems to give other people permission to do the same thing. And yet I know that even someone as charismatic, as connected to people, there's been moments where there's been misunderstandings. Um, can you give, do you have one, an example of a conflict where you actually resolved it? Yeah, this is a, this is a great example. It's, it's a bit extreme. And, but what happened was I ended up writing an acronym. Uh, it's called Leaders Resolve Conflict. And I wrote it because someone close to me had noticed how I resolve conflict. And they said, you know, you, you really could teach on this in a way that no one else can because I've never seen anybody resolve conflict the way you do. And so that's where I came up with the acronym. I actually sort of decoded what I did or what I do in conflict. And I came up with this acronym called leaders. Right. And so the, the prime example is when I, uh, there's a company I do a lot of work for right now. I don't need to use their name, but I do a lot of work for them. And they're a very large company, $7 billion company. When I joined them, they're about $250 million company. And um, we, maybe it was less than that, maybe 150 million, but uh, they, and they had a group of leaders that when I walked in, I walked in with this ego and this energy and I'd been working with T. Harvecker and you know which was a much sort of much more of a uh, you know we talk about archetypes much more of a warrior archetype kind of energy and i walk in and i start rattling all the cages and start sort of imposing my will on this entire company and people didn't like me i mean and i remember having a call with the top income earners and the owners of the company and uh, and they were like one after the other telling uh, the owners of the company what you know <laughs> it was like the antichrist and that i need to be thrown <laughs> out you know and and i mean i'm talking about I mean, if, if there was, I don't like the word hatred. I don't like using the word hate, but it felt, it felt like uh, bordering on hatred, right? Mm-hmm. For, and wow. there was a feeling that this combined group of people could sway the company to throw me out. And there was one particular person who, um, who just, oh, cause over time, over two or three years, I, I just held the space. I didn't talk about it to anyone. I didn't, cause what most of us do is we want people on our side. So in conflict, it's like when people separate from their partner, right? Uh, a marriage or something like that. Typically what happens is friends decide or make choices based on the behavior of the people, right? So what happens is, you know, we want people on our side. So we go and tell stories about that person to make them wrong, make us right. And then people will choose in. Mm-hmm. Well, what I did is I just held the space. Part of the acronym, which I'll go through in a second, is holding the space. And so, so the intention was I didn't need anyone on my side. I didn't make, need to make everyone wrong about that call and their, their behavior around me and their dislike of me. I didn't need to give that any more energy. I'm just going to hold the space that I'm going to do the best I can. And I'm going to think great thoughts about these people and not get sucked into the vortex of negativity. Mm-hmm. And so the, after about one or two years, and I kept giving and serving, and people started to realize that I did have a lot to contribute. 
And one by one, the people on that call came to me and they just were like, Hey, listen, thank you. And sorry. And stuff like that, you know, that came up and some didn't, some never said sorry, but they just realized and sort of stepped across the line because again, I was being very intentional about not spreading this negativity around and also not thinking it. I didn't want to think negative thoughts about them because they had a right to think whatever they wanted. I then could choose whether I take it on or not or make it about me. It's like, it says more about them to, to say so many nasty things on one call to one person. It's, 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 for me, it said a lot more about how they were feeling versus how I had to feel. Mm-hmm. But you know, the, my girlfriend at the time was bawling her eyes out because she was listening to this conversation. She was crying. And so it was a lot, it was very, very hard for her. But it took 12 years for one of them. And finally, and every time I saw this person, I just thought great thoughts and I just wait and I always go and I'm a hugger. He would never hug me. And finally, he just came (laughs) up and he gave me a hug and he said, look, I'm so grateful. I'm so sorry. It was like that. But I just held the space for 12 years and I never would allow myself to think. I've never told a person I've never used his name in a negative way to any single person um, because that's the the cancer. The cancer is if you want to live in a world of conflict, then, you know, then we, 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 we sort of bring it on ourselves most of the time because of the conversations we have loosely with other people, you know, when we talk about wow. someone versus to them, right? So, so, so how I broke down this, and this was the sort of the, 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 this particular relationship, and there was one other um, that happened with this very, very well-known person who, who phoned me to say, I, I want you to remove, you, remove yourself from all of my social media. And I mean, it was just like this complete attack and and so i used the same acronym with this person and we became very close because of it but he so the the first is l leaders l lead with intention and i'm not sitting at a desk i mean this isn't something i'm 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 reading i'm sitting outside in tasmania on a deck in the sun in the sunshine and not knowing that we were going to talk about this just yeah exactly yeah 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 so i don't want people to think oh yeah this is some smarty little acronym he read in a book somewhere this isn't i can recall it because i use it all the time so lead with intention. So when I call someone when there's a conflict, like with this particular person, the second one, not the first one, because um, I, I just said, hey, my intention is to truly um, understand uh, your position and to truly uh, and hopefully move our relationship into one that's really functioning. And, and you know, and that potentially that we could, because we weren't friends, but this was, there was a big conflict. And I was saying, you know, potentially that we could even become friends and, and so my intention is that, or sometimes I'd say, say it was you, I'd say, Sarah, um, listen, my intention of this call is to really take our friendship to another level because mm-hmm. I care about you deeply. And there's something I'd really love to chat with you about that's really, really important to me. And I, and I value you so much that I would love to share it openly and transparently with you. Are you open to that? Right? So, mm-hmm. so the intention is always the L, lead with intention. And then, and you'll see how this comes around in a loop. Um, because leading with intention is not, doesn't mean you just lead. And if it doesn't go your way, then you jump over the line and start being negative and start talking about that person and whatever. The intention is set for life. The intention, if I'm going to make that call, and then I'm going to hold the space for as long as it takes. And you just use, I just used the example of 12 and a half years, right? Then that's a, that's a lifetime intention, not a, oh, I'm going to use the intention just to get what I want, right? And then the E of, of the leader is to um, explore timing. Is this a good time for you? Now, let's say that you and I had been in fighting, let's say, and, and I rarely do fight with people, um, but I, I do fight you know, with some people close to me, my kids and my girlfriend. Sometimes you, know, you get into that sort of 
that really deep emotional stuff sometimes. But explore timing. Sarah, is this a good time? And let's say that you were aware of the conflict. You may say, no, I don't want to talk about it. You know, you're not ready. Or, or you're busy, you know, and or there's stuff going on. It's just not the right moment. So the, this is my intention. Is this a good time for you to talk about this or for us mm. to talk about this? And you say, no, absolutely not. Or I just, I don't want to talk to you right now. You say, no worries. Just know this. When you're ready, I'm going gonna, gonna to be waiting. When you're ready to talk about this, just know that my intention, again, is for our relationship to go to the next level and for me to fully understand. And maybe I'm the, the, I'm the one who's created the hurt. Maybe I've said something to hurt your feelings, right? Mm-hmm. To truly understand and to truly, um, to, to truly move. I value our friendship so much. and I'm using you as the example now mm-hmm. that I, I truly will wait for as long as it takes. So when you're ready, please, please feel free to call me. And maybe from time to time, I'll even call you back and check in. Would that be okay? No. <laughs> right. Yeah. So great. But I, I've set the seed. I've laid the intention. Now my only job right there is exploring, explore timing. Didn't work. It's to stay in that holding pattern and then check in. Is it, is it the right time? And over time, and, and when someone sees that you haven't gone around and they can feel it, I think energetically, there's a feeling that you can have, which is, um, um, you know, a sense when people, I mean, even across the world, when people are uh, talking about you, I, I, I don't know how it works, but I feel it sometimes, right? But again, when you're not, when you're clean, you're staying clean, then, then I think that that is also an energy that you've put out, that you have clean energy and you're not, you know, going out there and, 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 and spreading this gossip or, or talking negatively about someone. I mean, I think that's, again, one of my highest values is honor, right? To be honorable. Uh, and so, you know, honorable is that, you know, which, you know, you could weave in integrity, you could weave in all these different things. So, all right, L, E, explore timing. A, ask them to go first. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is, and, 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 and you know, when, when you ask them to go first, quite often you're going you're, you're gonna, to, and, and by the way, the second person I talked about, the, I, I talked about two different gentlemen, yeah. the second person, he took two and a half hours to explain his side of the story. And what I want to do, and you know, there's this great saying that says active listening to actively listen is, is to be in a position where you're, you can, you, you, the person sharing can change your position. In other words, you're actively listening so much that whatever you came to the call with can be changed by you really listening to say, wow, you know, I'd never thought of that. Really? Wow. You know, no, it never struck me that way. Well, and I, I totally see your point versus what most of us do. We go in to share our side. Yeah, we, we, we sort of, we don't really actively listen to the person. We listen, but we just wait and say, no, 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 no. That's not what I said. No, no, no. I didn't mean, no, 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 no. right? So the, the D is don't interrupt. So ask them to go first. So, so L, or leap with intention. E, explore timing. A, ask them to go first. D, don't interrupt. So hours, it could take days. It may take four calls. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, you say, so if I truly understand you, Sarah, and this is the Steve Covey principle, right? Uh, seek first to understand, then be understood. Then I say, hey, Sarah, uh, if I fully understand you, what you're saying is when I said this and the way I said it, and because I said it in front of this person, you were really embarrassed and I really hurt your feelings. And it wasn't just what I said. It was where I choose to say it and how careless I was with my words. Is that what you meant? And you're like, yes, Right. Mm-hmm. And so when you feel understood and, 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 and again, if I've really listened, I may say, Oh my gosh, you know, I am, I, I you know, I, I see it. I, I, I had no idea. 
I can't believe that I was so like reckless and uh, my God, you know, that, that you're not the only to apologize, but if you're, the person may move your opinion about something else as well. It may be some random thing. Like the second call was about another person. Um, and so, you know, I really had to understand why this person was already in conflict with someone else is to try and understand that conflict and mm. why this person was so hurt because I was aligning with somebody else and that was hurting his feelings. Right. So that's the second conflict. Got so it. D, don't interrupt. E, explain your side of the story. So now I fully understood you, Sarah. Would you be open to me sharing really what happened for me from my perspective? Now, again, I'm not sharing this to change your mind. I want you to understand. I totally get your position. I just want you to understand from my position. Because I learned something in Egypt when I was like 21. I was traveling through Egypt or 22. And there was something about the pharaohs that they said there could be many answers to one problem. So, you know, some, some of the pharaohs believed that the sky was held up by the, the, the legs of four women. Someone believed it was uh, held up by the legs of four cows, you know, a cows or whatever. But there was like, and, and so that really struck me that, hold on. So there could be, the, the, every, everything could have multiple answers and they can all be right at the same time. Someone doesn't have to be wrong in order for me to be right. This yeah. was a revelation. It was like, holy crap, you know, so, so I can share my side of the story without trying to pull you over the line to say I'm right. Mm. I can say, hey, I totally get you're right. And would it be okay if I share a little bit about what happened for me, right? I was in a rush, you know, I, I, I didn't really notice the people standing behind us. You know, I was trying to be cheeky. I realized that I said something that was a real trigger and I so apologize. Now I understand. I would never say that again. I would be much more careful, but I just want you to know that from my world, I just wasn't computing any of these things. And, mm. and again, it doesn't, even, or, or it doesn't even have to be an apology. I may say, Sarah, you know what? I totally get what you say, totally get. And I want to share my side. Now, I don't want you to feel like you have to be wrong for me to be right. I think that we can both be right on this. And I want to share from my perspective what happened for me. And again, I just want you to know, I hear what you said and I'm holding what you said and I don't need you to change what you said. I get it. And I just want you to understand from my perspective. So it doesn't mean that you have to always come with an apology because some people think that that's needed. Well, guess what? Not all conflict has to end in an apology, right? So then you've got this thing. You explain your side of the story. Uh, R, this is resist the urge to gossip. What happens is if the conflict continues, because that call may not resolve it, but remember, you've resolved it by your intention. The intention mm -hmm. is, and if you're resisting gossip, then you have resolved it internally. It just hasn't, it hasn't been resolved externally yet because the conflict still exists out there with somebody else. I'm no longer in conflict because I let it go. So, you know, that's the intentional part. The intention is, hey, I'm, I've already let this go. And I want to resolve it for the other person. I'm not coming to resolve it for myself anymore because I've already done that. Otherwise, I wouldn't have the intention, right? Typically, that's me. Mm. Now, that's high level. Some mm -hmm. other people, you know, it may be that they are in conflict as well and they want it resolved. And you can still go there with conflict. Typically, I don't go to a conflict resolution trying to resolve it for me because I'm not holding on to any judgment. I'm not holding on to any hatred. I'm not holding on to those dark energies because I know how destructive they are, Right. But resist the urge to gossip. This is what, you know, when we talk about separating with, you, you mentioned in the first podcast about my, uh, my ex-wife, Pam, you mm -hmm. know, that we're best friends, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have never, ever once said anything negative about her to anybody. And we've been separated like 16 years. And that's that, that resist the urge to gossip because it would be so easy because in the beginning, people made assumptions. And there was one woman who's one of my close friends' wife who didn't talk to me for years because she felt I was a horrible father and I'd abandoned my children and, and I didn't once try and justify that to her. Never. 
because I, 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 that wasn't my place. I wasn't going to say what happened. It wasn't a, it wasn't none of her business. And, and, but it was also that I, even though she was saying, when she had a few drinks, she always got nasty and she'd do it in front of other people. And again, I chose not to take that on. Mm. And now we're really, really close. We golf together all the time. Uh, she never apologized for that, but she somehow found her way into my home and she realized how close my relationship is with my family. Mm. And, and she didn't realize. So she was in this conflict for all those years. And I never jumped in that pile with her. I just resist the urge to gossip and mm. resist the urge to justify just justify your situation, right? And that's hard to do because you kind of want people to know the truth, really, unless you elevate above it. Because mm -hmm. all of that is just one's right, one's wrong, right? And then leaders, the S is stay on the high ground. This is the circle back, which is the 12 years. Stay on the high ground, you know? And, and realize mm -hmm. that, you know, because someone's in conflict with you does not mean you need to be in conflict. And it doesn't mean that they have to be wrong. They're in conflict, they're hurt. Right. And so that and, and very well, I mean, it's happened to me where I've hurt people's feelings and I've done it inadvertently. Um, rarely do I do it now consciously, um, but I, sometimes because I'm, I'm, I'm a seeker of truth. So sometimes I'm going to tell the truth mm -hmm. and, you know, I still be very, very careful with the truth because the truth can be very, very hard to hear for most people. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've gone up to people and told them truths which are. You know, um, you know, I can think of three different women, one who had very, 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 very bad uh, body odor. And, and it was really it was really interfering with my, my relationship. I, I, I wasn't able to hug. So this is a conflict with, with different kind of conflict. But I still use the same acronym in the sense of lead with intention, mm -hmm. explore timing. Right. Um, ask that, you know, we, we set up the subject, which is really, you know, uh, and I just said, I, my intention is that our relationship goes to the next level. And I'm going to tell you something. I've been avoiding you and I want to tell you why. And it's a very hard conversation to have. Are you okay? Is this a good day for this kind of conversation? Or I can call back another time when you're feeling on top of the world because there's nothing about this conversation that's meant to hurt you. It's only meant to elevate our, our, our uh, connection. Mm. And, you know, she's like, no, this is great. This is great. And I told her. And I said, I let it like, you know, you know how some manufacturers of deodorant you know, especially the nat the natural ones you know they just don't do a very good job and that's why i let into that sorry but the, the, but the next time i saw her she you're came running awesome. up to me and if you're listening if you're listening to this this person you know i'm sharing this out of love so don't you know but uh she came running up to me with her arms up in the air and and so so i could almost smell under her armpits and she gave me a big hug right but I've talked to people about how loud they speak. Like there was one person in business who just was a very loud talker. And, and I just said, you know, it's like listening to the, the again, set with intention. Are you open? Da, 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 you know, and it was just hard to listen to her for an extended period of time without getting a headache. You know, but I, I, I want to be honest. I want to help people. And that means sometimes I'm not going to be popular if I'm going to tell the absolute truth. But I have to do my, my eight most favorite words. This is one of my sayings. Tell the truth all the time with compassion. Right. Wow. And so, so anyway, that's the leaders resolve conflict. Wow. Kind of like, wow. Like this one thing could change your whole life. Like, doesn't it? It's so powerful. You just take your, you just take your power back with this because I know that I had a conflict with someone after, and you taught me this and it gave me a courage because I really got that it wasn't about wrong and right. Um, it was just really about being fully honest, like just being real all the time. And I, um, let's just say it sat with this person for a while, someone really close in my life. And, um, 
this person didn't know about the acronym or anything and and felt really sad you know and in in that sadness um talked about it with a lot of people um and interestingly enough when we had our second you know conversation around it um and and i really was doing a lot of work on it so i really got to own it like 100 percent how i contributed to creating that situation and so it dro just dropped all the defensiveness really because there wasn't anything wrong it was just really how i was perceiving it and what what i was making it mean really anyway so i take it all on right <laughs> and this yeah. just looks at me and you know what the look was i'm letting this go but it's now residing in about nine different people who know the story it was literally like um when you gossip i feel like sometimes you just want to let it go but if you've told other people there's like nine other cleanups that need to happen and so yeah, I can yeah. see that look in this person's eye of like, holy damn, like all those emails I sent. And, and so, yeah, it was really, um, that was good for me to see from that end because I've definitely gossiped before. Um, and I got it. I was like, wow, that's the entanglement because, you know, well, even when, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. But you, you said something that I, I don't, don't interrupt you, but I don't want to miss this point is, yeah. you know, when people gossip to you, they soon will gossip about you and people will only gossip to you if you like it. So people, I, I always ask my audiences that I said, how many of you, you know, find that people come up and gossip about people to you and they all put their hands up. Almost the whole audience will put their hands up. And I said, it's cause you like it and you attract it and you want it. So I said, if you didn't, they wouldn't gossip to you. So when someone comes to me and starts talking about someone, I'll often interrupt them right away and say, Hey, is your intention to resolve this? Do you want help with that? Do you want me to get involved and call that person? Or do you want to go talk to them yourself? Because I'd rather you talk to them than me about it, right? Yeah. And so yeah. people don't come up to me. And so I'll only engage with someone talking about someone if their intention is to resolve it and they need help. So if they come up and say, like, I'm really struggling with, you know, with touch and such, and I just don't know what to do. Can you help me? And I said, well, is your intention to resolve this then? Is your intention to help us go away? Yeah, yeah, I can help you, right? And I'm telling so everybody, I live in your world and my experience of you like that is so true. Um, it's, it's actually really interesting to know someone like you who does that because it's so different. It, it's, I felt like, like, whoa, you know, like he's not going to get into it. And Nat doesn't get into it either. And you know what I said to her? Because I definitely have been exposed. Like, you know, I like it on some level, exactly what you just said. So I said to that, I said, okay, Nat, teach me how you do it. I just feel this like tension. I can feel it rising. I feel like I want to be brave. I'm not going to gossip. And the next thing you know, I said, there I am having a go <laughs> back and forth. And so, uh -huh. you know what she said? <laughs> so good. She goes, your problem, Sarah, is that you're too interested. You think it's interesting. She's like, you know what? I don't think it's interesting at all. And uh, isn't that what you're just saying? She's like, that's not interesting to me. She, and so she just kind of drifts away. She's like, you should try it. When people start talking, you just like go to the bathroom. <laughs> I was like, or Nat, it's like her attention just drifts away and you can feel it. Well, I, I love that. I, I think it's a great, uh, wise kind of, I'm just not interested. And, and I'll let that be known. I'll walk away from it, you know, and then obviously next level is to stop it. It's to say, look, you know what? I just, I really don't, I, I, I don't enjoy talking about people unless there's a, you know, a resolution here. If you, want, if you want me to help call them for you, I can, but I just don't want to talk to this person, right? And, and just have the courage to tell them to stop. 
And, you know, what happens is people will stop. They just won't, you know. Um, and now, you know, I'm going to tell you that, you know, with my assistant, my, my personal assistant, we sometimes talk about people because of our business, you know. And so, and, and so if, if someone's dealing with her and that um, if they're rude to her, she's very sensitive. And, and so I will listen to that and I'll say, do you want me to step in? Do you want me to talk to this person for you? Because again, because it can be embarrassing if you're a very sensitive person and someone like me comes along and says, well, let me talk to him. Tell him to smarten up, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that could be really hard for a sensitive person because now she's feeling like she's told on them and then someone's come along and, and, and protected them. So that's the, that's the caveat for me is, is with my assistant because again, when dealing with so many different types of people, it's not gossiping about them. But sometimes she needs to say, I can't believe this person is just so rude to me every single time I work with them. Well, it's so hard to. So that would be a caveat because of our working relationship and teaching everyone how to treat her. Right. And so sometimes I will get involved and say, hey, just make sure when you talk to my assistant, you're super grateful. And, you know, you've been working with her. Yeah. Right. And I run everything. I don't touch my emails. I, don't, I mean, I only get one email from her every day. I mean, no emails come to my inbox unless she thinks I should read it. Mm-hmm. So I don't get any clutter. I don't get any. My phone doesn't ping or, except for my boys. Right. So again, there is a caveat there that I'd like to say, you know, you could hear sometimes with us talking, um, but typically it's always um, resolution based and and really teaching the world how to treat her. Right. But I really think this could transform the planet and we all have an opportunity to be part of it. And I really take this on in my own life. And I want to just from my point of view, it's not about thank you for the caveat, because it's not about perfection. And that's something to watch as well, you know, like, oh, I want to be perfect at this. It's like, for me, it's a noticing. It's going, it's something, it's a practice, but it's also like this residue that lives in me. I call it like being incomplete. And um, I I can think of a friend right now, you know, where it it gets into that place a little bit. And it's just like this little feeling in my stomach. It's like not in my stomach. And it just like lives there. And if, if you want to do something impactful in the world it's like you don't need knots like that in your stomach and it's like you said like that poison even in my hearing of it okay that that lives in me and i just feel like if you really want to make a difference in the world you know start with your own stomach like this is what i'm saying to myself (laughs) you know start in your that's a bit i could go there for a sec but yeah start with that knot and start to untangle it this thank you for this process like it's very clear with that acronym write it down, go back, rewind, write it down. Um, I have it written down and it's like over and over and over again, set the intention. What I love about the intention is it just takes the, this is not about right or wrong. This is about diving right over that. And I love that it's the word resolution, not compromise. You know, it's like, you know, we don't have time to talk about that right now, but you know, a lot of people in relationships doing this whole 50, 50 thing. Um, to me in a 50 50 nobody's ever winning that and actually nobody's ever resolving anything um and it's just this game this dance so i just want to appreciate you for this because your willingness to share it with others really impacted me over the past five years since you shared it with me in a group um and so just thank you for our friendship for being the lesson for being that acronym in my life showing me what it looks like that's important people, the five people you surround yourself with, because I experience what it's like to be on in a friendship with someone who just doesn't go there. And it's so clean. And I'm like, wow, my stomach's feeling good here. <laughs> so yeah, 
Yeah. You know, I have so much more I want to talk about, but do you have any lasting things you want to share on this? Well, it sounds like we should do a, a volume three. What do you think? Yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling that, but I'm just getting okay that this snippet should have people go. Um, I can take that on. I can start. Yeah, well, that. I think I think I think I think the thing to remember, right, is you know our inner world creates our outer world, right. So you, conflict will follow you around when you're in in a conflict, and so forgiveness is still a basis of, you know, when you talk about untying the knot. You know, and that's why I practice immediate forgiveness. It's just easier. Life's easier. And again, the wizard energy, which is an acronym or is an archetype, that was sort of flowing with ease and grace with everything that's happening. Because I always say, if it's if it's if it's meant to be happening, I'm sorry, if it's happening or and it's already happened, then we flow with that. We can't resist it because resistance will always equal pain. So don't resist it. Just flow with it because it's already happened. And if you like being in conflict, just say that to yourself. I love conflict so much that I create it everywhere. Some people just love it. They're just like, and it's wherever they go, you know? And so, but as long as you realize you choose it and you create it, if you're the creator of conflict, then you can be the creator of non-conflict, which is by letting go of the expectations, which I think expectations are the enemy, detachment is the ally. But our expectations is what gets us in conflict because we expect people to be perfect, even though we're not. We go around through life. We're not we. Many people go through life, and they hold people up to such a high standard, but they don't even hold themselves to the same standard, right? And so, you know, when they're highly judgmental of themselves, they become highly judgmental of other people. So, just think of it this way: you know, if you really want to live in a conflict-free world, then resolve the conflict inside yourself. You know, mm-hmm. so part of that is keeping your word with yourself. You know, I mean, you know, trusting yourself, because you know, so many times we say we'll do something, we don't do it. So that creates a conflict with our, within ourselves that we don't believe ourselves. So I think, you know, raising our standard up to, and it's not being perfect. I'm not a perfect person. I mean, you follow me around. I'm, I'm a goofball, you know, um, I, you know, you'll see me partying until four o'clock in the morning. You know, you'll see me, you see me naked swimming. I mean, I just, I live life fully, but it's not like I feel like I've got the answers, but when I do have an answer, and that's why you don't see me on my social media, um, which is David T.S. Wood in case anyone's interested, but you know, um, you don't see me telling people what to do on social media. I find it, I find it arduous that so many influencers are out there on their social media telling everyone, you know, this, this, there's this, just one more thing you've got to buy and you'll be whole, right? It's, you know, and then if I was to take any of them and throw them into a real life situation that I could create for them, I think they'd be running scared. They wouldn't know what to do with themselves, you know, because it's just, it's easy to read stuff in a book and then puke it out and be really good at social media. But then what, what do you like when I'm watching you in the quiet moments when no one's around, you know, who are you being? Mm-hmm. And then, so that's really for me is about, you know, we create the world, everything. And there's a great saying. So, so when I take a hundred percent responsibility for everything in my world and everything not in my world, there's no one left to blame. So when I take a hundred percent responsibility for everything in my world and everything not in my world, so money, if there's no money in your world, that's, you know, that's you, right? Everything in the world, everything not in the world, there's no one left to blame. And if we can give you one piece of homework to take with you, I know we're going longer, but um, don't blame, justify, or complain. Try, try getting rid of those three things from your life. This was a big step up for me when I started doing this. Uh, don't blame, justify, or complain for 90 days and see what happens. And then see if you can let it go for the rest of your life. Don't justify anything. I, I love saying this. I did my bad. I just use that. My bad. I, I want it to stop. So even if it's not my fault, I'll take responsibility for it because it doesn't matter. I just want it to stop. Yeah, my bad. My bad. Totally my bad. And then people, okay, well, if it's your bad, then we can stop talking about it. Great. Let's stop talking about it. Let's move on. Right. Cause it's just not worth it. And so, and I, and I hear the lies in my head. I mean, I had a call with a very, very influential person, a very high, a very empowered, very wealthy person. 
and I slept through it and I never sleep through calls, mm -hmm. but you know, I could hear the lies in my head when I called her and mm -hmm. I said, Hey, she said, what? I said, I slept through it. I just completely missed it. And we both laughed and it was done. But I hear the lies saying, what are the things my, my brain was trying to justify mm -hmm. why I missed the call through lying. And I could hear it in my own head. As disciplined as I am around lying, I could hear my, my, my brain wanting to come up with a lie. And in the end, I had to fight for the truth in that moment. And it was like the, 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 the tension was completely gone as soon as I told the truth. And we just laughed and got on with the call. Awesome. <laughs> right? I had that exact experience. It's like, wow, I missed that. And yeah, and just really owning it because yeah, there's all this other stuff. Okay, 90 days, guys, challenge. And I'd love to hear from you how you go. Not the perfection of those 90 days, but what, what was your experience? That's life, right? Really taking it on. And I'm just so curious because, and I'm going to take it on too. And so we can all just share that, that journey. I feel like I've sort of, I'm on that journey right now. So I just want to jump in with the rest of everyone. And David, thank you so much for just being yourself and, and just being <laughs> the real deal and, you know, mentoring Nat and I and who you've been in our lives and now to a growing community that, you know, we're surrounded by. So thank you. All right. I love you. Much love. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Don't forget to join the community at bit.ly slash the Nat and Sarah show to download your three-step journal and participate in weekly lives found only in our private group. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You've got to rate and review the show. And I know all the podcasts are always asking this. And in the past, I wasn't doing it. And the reason I wasn't doing it is because I actually didn't know how to do it. So open your podcast player and click on our show from your library, not the listen now. That's where I was going wrong in the past. So now that you know how to do it, when you go there, make sure you give us a five-star review. Five stars, five stars, five stars. And then click on write a review link to actually write a review so that you can tell other people that we're legit and even funny, maybe a bit serious. So if you want to recommend this to someone, you have to put your fingers on the keys and send us a review. Thanks.